Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. The Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. I'm Joel, along with Mike. Thanks for tuning into our uh, weekly dive into the grace of God. We love doing this stuff. Almost uh, 12 years of the Growing in Grace podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it with a friend. So many ways to share this, of course, online. People have put it on CD and shared it with other people. Uh, Put it on a thumb drive. You can download it at your leisure and uh, so many ways. But uh, check it all out. All the past podcast archives are at growingingrace.org. Check us out online as well, facebook.com slash graceroots, youtube.com slash graceroots, and I am uh, at graceroots on the tweet machine, Twitter. How's Mr. Kapler doing? Just fine, Joel. Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, we appreciate being able to uh, share this information with you about the good news of Jesus Christ. So if you've just found us, man, we've got hundreds of podcasts uh, on our site at growingandgrace.org, but you can archive all of them and you'll grow right along with us. We keep, we still keep hearing from people who are listening through all of those mm-hmm. uh, in some cases more than once, which blows my mind just a little bit, but you might want to grow with us, I guess, because those are 11 years worth of podcasts. And um, I've said this before, I, I think there's an element of consistency there in regards to our, our our identity in Christ. But as you listen through the years, you'll probably find some areas where, where we've grown in our understanding and have been able to maybe communicate some things that have freed people up from some of the religious traditional teaching that's out there that can actually lead people into bondage more than it does into peace and freedom. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, Jesus came to set people free, and if you're finding bondage in your walk with him, (laughs) I mean, you've probably not found what Jesus came to give you, but it's there. He is always there. He's, He's desiring to have you walk in the freedom for which he has set you free. Paul said, don't be entangled again in the bondage of religion and of trying to perform according to the law. And, and and I guess we could add to perform according to church rules these days. But rather, be free in the freedom for which Christ has set you free. So we hope that's what your experience is. Yeah, so First John chapter 1 is what we're getting into here. We've been leading up to, the, to this for a couple of weeks. If you want to go back to the two previous podcasts, this will begin to make more sense to you. But the focus that we're going to get to here is the, the verse that religion hammers ruthlessly on believers, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So do we really have to confess sins in order to be forgiven? So let's take a look at some of these things that, that John was writing in his first epistle. And it starts out like this. And, and, and the thing you want to catch in these first few verses is John writing to people And Joel will, in a minute here, share some specifics on this group of people who weren't labeled as believers yet. There were believers in this church John was writing to, but he's starting out the letter speaking to some people who had not yet come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they were part of a doctrine that didn't even believe Jesus came as a man, didn't come in the flesh, and they even 
really didn't believe that there's such a thing as sin. So John's writing to these people, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So he's making a point here. Hey, we, we have seen Jesus. We've touched him. We've heard him. Uh, and, and he repeats some of these things, as you'll see here. So that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard, here we go again, and we proclaim also to you, we proclaim this to you too, so that you too may have fellowship with us, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So the takeaway on these first four verses of First John chapter 1 is that John was making the case as an eyewitness that we've seen Jesus, touched him, we've heard him, the word of life, uh, eternity was staring us in the face. And we want to share these things with you, that these are true, uh, so that you can have fellowship with us and with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, because we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So, Joel, the point here is our joy isn't complete yet regarding that fellowship with you. Right, because these people haven't come to believe truly in, in Christ yet, and you'll, you'll see what I mean here. So, so who, who were these people? I mean, what, what, what group of people was, was John addressing here? Yeah, that's a good question, and it's something that in the epistle he doesn't name them. But biblical scholars have written about this. I'm going to read something from Nelson's study Bible. First of all, I'll say that, you know, John, just like with all the New Testament epistles, this epistle wasn't just simply written in a void. He didn't just sit down and say, hmm, what topics and doctrines of the Christian life should I write about today? But most of the epistles, as you probably know, were written in response to questions from people in the church or, or things that were going on in the church, and John's epistle here was no exception to that. This first part of the epistle was directed towards this group of people that were known as Gnostics, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, Gnostics. They had come <laughs> into the church with—they had some erroneous beliefs. See, they believed— in this thing called Jesus, but they believed erroneously in some ways, some false teachings about Jesus. And again, a face value rating of, of what he wrote, you're not going to get that. But here's what, here's, you know, study aids will help you in this. Nelson's study Bible says, in, in the introduction to First John, it says, Gnosticism was a teaching that blended Eastern mysticism with Greek dualism, which claimed that the spirit is completely good, but matter is completely evil. And based on the concept that matter is evil and spirit is good, some Gnostics concluded that if God was truly good, he could not have created the material universe, because matter is evil. Therefore, some lesser God had to have created it. The dualistic views of Gnosticism were also reflected in the prevalent belief that Jesus did not have a physical body. See, they didn't believe that uh, Jesus had come in a physical body. So in addition... And this is my own words here, since the Gnostics believed all matter to be evil, then sin wasn't an issue, and it didn't matter what a person did with their body. And so John writes this, you already read this, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. 
we declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and manifested to us that which we have seen and heard. We declare to you that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. See, what John's doing here is he's telling the Gnostics that John and the other apostles, they had seen and touched Jesus. He truly had come in the flesh, and they were declaring this to them, so that you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so in these next verses, he goes on to say how these people, these Gnostics, these unbelieving Gnostics, how they could come into the light how they could be forgiven, and how they could be cleansed of all unrighteousness. Yeah, and so th- there's some groundwork for you. So again, we mentioned it last week, there, there's this presumption among Christian believers that all Scripture in the New Testament is written only to address believers, and while that's usually the case, uh, we can see here, based on context, that that's, that's not quite how this played out. So John continues with the next three verses. He says, this is the message Keep in mind everything we've said so far, okay? This is the message we have heard from him. John's still trying to convince these people, make his case for Jesus Christ having come in the flesh, and and he proceeds. Uh, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, if we say we have fellowship with him uh, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, that was something that John was trying to get at earlier, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wow. I think sometimes verse 7 gets missed in this mix, because (laughs) this is another one of those verses we could have covered in the last couple of weeks, Joel. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And Paul, at other times in his epistles, said that he has cleansed us, he has washed us, he has forgiven us, he has justified us and sanctified us and all those things, uh, redeemed us and so forth. So it's, it's finished work. And so the point here is he, he's, he's trying to show that this group of Gnostics, perhaps uh, let's just call them unbelievers at this point in time, because they didn't have fellowship with each other. So the takeaways in this first chapter of First John chapter 1 is Jesus came in the flesh. John's trying to convince people of that. He's also going to try to convince them that sin really does exist, and he's getting getting around to that here with what I just read, that sin really does exist, and there's there's a solution for that problem, um, and it's Jesus Christ and, and the blood that cleanses us from all, all of that sin. Right. That's exactly what he's trying to do, because as, as believers, we already have acknowledged this thing called sin. So why would why would John say in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us? Well, believers, they've come to Christ. They've believed upon Christ because they realized, I have sin and, and I need a Savior. <laughs> and so he, it's not believers that he's talking to here. It's unbelievers. And again, these Gnostics, they believed that sin really wasn't an issue. And that was one of the things that John really needed to address here. And as you can see here, uh, some, well, some people will say, well, well, John says, if we say that we have no sin, if we confess our sins, if we say that we have not sinned, if we say that we have fellowship with him. So he, he, he's talking about us believers, right? Well, I, I think what he's saying here is if we human beings in general, we need 
to understand that there is this thing called sin. We need to acknowledge this thing, that we need a Savior. We need to acknowledge that Jesus did come in the flesh. Again, that's why John spent so much time at the beginning of the epistle saying, we have, you know, we have seen him, we have looked upon him, we have handled concerning the word of life. We, we've touched Jesus. He, he really did come in the flesh. He wouldn't really need to hammer that point if, if he wasn't talking to a group of people who didn't believe that. And so that was one thing that he really needed to hammer and you know help these people to understand. So that's the context of, of 1 John. That's what he's writing about at the beginning. And as you talked about, Cap, the translators who gave us the chapters and the verses eventually, they, they really did a good job with chapter 2, because even though John didn't write in chapters, <laughs> by what we know as chapter 2, John began addressing the believers, my little children, these things I write to you. And so he had wanted these unbelievers to come to know how, how they could have fellowship with them through the blood through Jesus Christ. They needed to understand they need to, to confess, to acknowledge this idea that sin is really a problem. And then uh, God would be faithful and just to forgive them their sins and cleanse from all unrighteousness, just as the believers had already had happened to them. So hopefully this has been helpful in understanding 1 John 1, 9, and I'm sure we'll uh, continue on with some other thoughts about all this as time goes on here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.